I want to talk to you today about the difference between knowing evil and knowing about evil. Those are two completely separate things. Knowing evil and knowing about evil. Think about it. I can know that something is bad without actually knowing about the thing. I don't have to indulge in the activity in order to know that the activity is bad. Adam knew about evil. He knew because God told him, if you eat from the tree of knowledge, good and evil, you will surely die. Hence, he knew the tree was evil because if he ate from it, he would die, and that is bad. That is a negative consequence. Verse. So he knew that it was bad. But when he chose to eat from that tree, that's when he truly knew evil. Do you get what I'm saying? At first he knew about evil. He knew eating from the tree was evil because he would die. It is something bad. But when he chose to indulge in it, to engage in it, that's when he intimately knew evil. See, it's the same thing with driving a car. You can know about evil. They tell you do not drive a red light. You know about evil, but when you drive a red light and get hit by a truck, well, now you know evil. Because you did it. You engaged. You indulged. You operated. You got involved. We all know that sexual abuse is evil. Rape is evil. We know about it, but when you are in it, when it occurs to you, when you engage in it, now you know evil. You know the intricacy of it. You know the details. You know the emotions involved. You know all, everything that has to do with that thing. The trauma, the force, the pain, the suffering. It's two separate things. I know of rape. I've, I've never experienced rape, so I don't know rape. I know of it. I know of murder, but I do not know murder because I've never experienced it. See, God never told us not to know about evil. He just told us not to know evil so that we can be pure-hearted. Two completely separate things. The problem is that society as a whole teaches people to know evil. They tell you to engage in those things in order for you to know them and to know not to do them. That doesn't even make sense. You put a bunch of horny teenagers in a sex ed classroom, bring them, you know, all those tablets and those posters of the male and female genitalia, explaining to them what happens during intercourse. What is this wickedness? Why do I need to know that? Listen, when a man and a woman get married, they'll figure it out. And besides, that's the parents' jobs to explain. Not the teacher in the high school to a bunch of horny teenagers that just want to experiment and violate one another with their sexual endeavors. That is wicked. You people are wicked, nasty, evil. 
you could have just taught them about evil, said, this thing is intimate. Reserve your virginity for your marriage till the day you get married. Because once you lose your virginity, you can never get it again. And that is against what the Torah instructs us. When you sleep with someone, you consummate the marriage. That's what it means. And if you sleep with someone outside of marriage, well, that is what is called adultery, fornication. But they don't teach that. They just teach you how to have sex so that you can go and indulge and then they hand out condoms. It's so evil, so wicked, so godless. Do you think they're not going to hell? Do you think God will let it go? Do you think judgment is not going to come? <laughs> oh, you're very, very wrong. And I've been there, you know, I've, I've been there, I grew up in the system, so I'm not scotch-free, I didn't get away without a scar. Unfortunately, I knew evil, I know evil. I wish I hadn't. That's not a good thing to know evil. If you have a chance, if you are not yet immersed in the system, if you could get away, if you could avoid it, then by all means, Proverbs, do not even go down the street. Why would you want to know evil? Knowing about it is enough. And you should know about it, because again, wisdom. If you do not know about it, you wouldn't even know that you're walking into it. You have to have wisdom. Proverbs. I saw a man with no sense walking next to the prostitute home. She said, come in, my husband is far away. And I've perfumed myself in my bed. Come, let us love each other all night. It's like, ugh, no. Away with you, adulterous, wicked Jezebel. See, but if you have no wisdom, you'd think, okay. You gotta have wisdom. You gotta know about evil. You gotta know this is wrong. This is evil. You have to have that image in your mind. So when you see it, you say this. I know you. You are evil. No, thank you. You have to know about evil so that you do not know evil. But then again, you have to make that choice because Adam knew about evil. He knew the tree was evil and yet he chose to walk into that trap and actually know evil. See, the act of knowing evil was the very act of defiance in that he did what he was forbidden to do. It wasn't a miracle, magical fruit, no. He was told, don't eat from this. He went and ate from this. Well, that's evil. He rebelled. That, that's it. <laughs> it wasn't some miracle fruit that gave him knowledge. No. It's like I tell you, don't eat from that cake. I'm watching you. And then you go and eat from that cake. Then you go, uh-oh. Because you realize what you've done. You realize the punishment that's going to come next. That's it. That's all it is. So, I'm warning you today, and I'm giving you the heads up. You do not need to know evil to be aware of it. It's enough to know about it. I don't need to be in the homosexual community to know what they do. I know it's evil, all of it. I don't need to have the details, I don't need to have the visuals. I don't need to engage in it, to experience. It's evil. Psychedelic drugs are evil. I don't need to take it in order to know. It's not good. It's psychedelic. Why would you want anything psychedelic in your brain? Bringing in chemicals, messing up your intellect, messing up your soul. Why would you want that in your body? 
to alter your mind? Did God not make you the way He wanted you to be? I know of it, but I don't know it, and I don't want to either. You have to have this understanding, you have to have this knowledge, or else you will fall for the trap of the adulterous women. Because, let's be honest, in the age we live in, that's the most common sin. The sin of fornication and sexual immorality, because it's everywhere. You open your television, see back in the 50s and 60s, they wouldn't have dared showing people kiss, even. Now you see full naked women on television, in, in your home. Complete nude. It's abominable. Disgusting. It is just beyond disgusting. It is pure evil. Wicked. The impact it has on your children is irreversible. I know I grew up in this generation, I know other people. You see that, well, we are visual people. You see that image, it does not go away, it is imprinted in your memory, it scars you. And you start leaning toward it. Now your flesh is hungry, now you can't help it, your sin is growing inside of you, that seed of wickedness. It's growing and sprouting and it wants more, it wants to be fed. And you spend the rest of your life fighting it because, well, you cannot kill it. Once it's there, it's there. <laughs> you can trim it, you can prune it, but, well, until we get resurrected in the glorified body, you're going to have to struggle. So why would you even want to put that seed inside of you? Why, why would you even want a taste of blood, a taste of sex, a taste of liquor, when you know, once you get that taste, you will only want more? You will never be satisfied. Because sin is a bottomless spit. Serial murders, they never get satisfied. They just want more blood. Rapists always want more. You will not get your fill. So don't even go down that path. Stay away. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you put in through your eyes, through your ears. Stay away from people who even use vulgar language. That is such an abominable thing. And then before you know it, you think that way. And those words are stuck in your head. Now, it might not bother you at first, but just wait until you repent and start, you know, following God. The holier you get, you realize just how wicked you really are. It didn't used to bother me, profanity. Now I can't stand it. Because I spend time with the Father, and He is holy, holy, holy. He is completely pure. And the more I spend time with Him, the more my spiritual eyes are opened, the more I realize how wicked and filthy I am. And there's not much I can do about it, except, you know, just fill myself up with the Spirit, with hymns and psalms, and continue my path. But it's a struggle. I struggle. I have to continually, daily, renew my mind, to continually put in the good, to dilute away the bad, but it's not going to go away. Not until Papa erases my memory at the resurrection, burns completely this body of death, this fleshly vehicle, gives me a new life. I'm going to suffer. And it's the consequence of sin. It's not going to be washed away with. No. Yeshua atones for you. He does not cleanse you and cleanses your memory from all traces of sin. You did it to yourself and you will suffer. Well, that's why I'm telling you, don't even go down that path. Before you watch a movie, do your research. 
check what is in the movie. Uh, you know, IMDb have the list. Is there any profanity? Is there any nudity? Violence? Gore? There's other websites also to show you is there any pagan content, any, you know, antichrist system agenda in it. All those animation videos, Ice Age, all those things, they all promote godlessness, atheism, evolutionist. Why would you even want that seed, especially for young children? Children should not even watch TV, period. If you have children, throw away the television. They do not need that. Why would you even bring that into your home now? If you're an adult, you've already polluted with it. You've already, you know, opened that door and fine. At least make sure that you do watch things that are holy. Things that have a good message to them. Things that advocate for good morals, good values, holy principles. We don't watch things just to watch them. You know, we used to watch many movies that we like. We can't watch them anymore because now we have our eyes open. We cannot enjoy it because they're too wicked. Movies that make sexual jokes, that promote all kind of stuff, that have visuals of women in their underwear, all that kind of stuff. It's nasty. It's, it's, uh, it's not holy. I don't want that in my memory. I don't want that on my mind, on my conscience. I want to be holy. I want to be pure-minded because I'm drawn to the Father. I want to be completely holy. And I'm going to do as much as I can to attain that goal. Now, like I said, I'm not going to get there, but I can do everything that I can in order to go in that direction. And that is the purpose. That is what I'm going to be judged on. Not on reaching the goal, but on doing everything I can in order for me to reach it. You strive for excellence. You don't get there, but you strive for it. And that is your responsibility. If you truly are a follower, if you want to be a man of God, if you want to enter the kingdom, well, do you not know that nothing impure or defiled or immoral can ever enter the kingdom of God? It's written in the book. Therefore, if you want to enter, you better start working on yourself because God will judge you. And if you do not do it now, if you haven't started yet, you'll never get there. Papa will pay what you cannot pay. He will not pay what you will not pay. Do you understand that? If you have debt and you come to me to consolidate it, to help you, sure, I'll help you out. But first, I want to see that you put in everything that you got, every single penny that you got put in toward that debt. And I will pay the difference. But you have to put in everything. If you keep or hold something back, you will die, just like Hananiah and Shapira, the book of Acts. That's exactly what they did. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They didn't put in everything. They said they did, but they didn't. They held something back from the Spirit, and that's why they died. This is the same principle. You have to put in everything. Be an offering, Ola offering, burnt offering. You put in all of you. You think of the offering. We've been doing an extensive study. We're not done yet. There's so much to learn in those first five chapters of Aikra. The burnt offering, the Ola offering, the ascension. The head goes with the internal organs. Kerev. Kerev is the word for the internal organs in Hebrew, but it's also the same root of Karov, Korban, to draw nearer. The head, you have to give up your mind, your intellect. Then you have the rest of the internal organs with the legs, the limbs, 
and those are washed in water. The sanctification. Yeshua washed the disciples' feet. Sanctification. Before you can come to the holy ground, you have to wash your feet. Represents the complete washing of you. And then you go up in smoke. You give up everything to be completely sanctified. And you have to be that offering. He said, live your life as a living offering. Carry your execution stake daily and put yourself on the altar every single day in your life as you follow Adonai as a living Torah. That's the purpose of your life. That is the only reason we are alive. That's the only way. So, again I say, do not know evil. Do not engage in it. But make sure that you know about evil so that you can know to avoid it. Shabbat Shalom.